And if the moon sighted, you know, we have like kind of a religious thing that we believe that, you know, once, uh, so every 14 days the moon cycles, you know, gone on. And once the moon sighted, then we know that next day is Eid. So it's kind of excitement that, you know, we find out just a day before that tomorrow is Eid. Today on Dirty Linen, we are chatting Ramadan. We we spoke about Ramadan around the start of the month of fasting and now it's drawing to a close. So I thought it was time to find out more. Uh, Zishan Ashraf owns Kabai, a Pakistani restaurant in Carlton in inner city Melbourne with his brother Usman. Like many Muslims, Zishan's daily rhythm over the past month has been dominated by Ramadan. But as the month as the month of fasting ends, Ramadan concludes with the feasting of Eid. Uh, Zishan, welcome to Daddy Linen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, I'm really thrilled to chat to you. I am... Um, I, I've, I've really only learnt this year for the first time that there are hundreds of restaurants around Australia that are all about breaking the Ramadan fasts at, you know, at night time. A lot of restaurants are open, you know, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., feeding people before the daily fasting starts. And I can only imagine that the feasting for Eid is going to be extreme and joyous. Oh, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. And we are all about the food. So you can imagine we are fasting and once we break the fast, how crazy we are about the food. So it's, it's, it's crazy. And uh, this Ramadan is like a blessing uh, for all the Muslims. And we literally wait for this month for, you know, for the whole year. Well, tell me about, you know, what is it, what is it like for you personally as a Muslim who, who fasts um, and then breaks the fast each evening? But also as a restaurant owner, tell me, tell me what happens at Kabai. Uh, it's it's, it's a bit, bit, bit of change what we do normal like you know for 11 months and for this month because every uh, like you know but we do the a la carte menu it's a normal thing going on we open a restaurant but for this month we have like a buffet setup thing going on just because everyone should break the fast at the same time and um, there's a lot of people wants to come at the same time so we have like you know capacity for 150 people and um, it, it's crazy. It's, it's um, like a kind of a massive, you know, event every day. And uh, a lot of people came in together for the same time. They break the fast. Um, it's, it's fun. It's, it's fun. And uh, plus, you know, it's a blessing. So it's, it's, it's good uh, as a business. And plus, you know, uh, for as a Muslim, it, it's, it's a really great feeling. Because, you, because to fast is, is a blessing, right? Yes, it is. It is a blessing. It is a blessing. So because we are not allowed to eat, like, you know, from the sunrise until the sunset. Eat, drink, nothing. So we don't eat, we don't drink. And uh, so, like, once the um, sun sets, then we start eating. Are there traditional foods that you always break the fast with, both, both for yourself and also in the restaurant? So, so we break the fast with the dates. It's traditionally, you know, uh, the thing and the religiously as well for us. It's very important. So everyone's, you know, try to have at least one date at that time when they break the fast. It's a sunnah because our Prophet, Hazrat Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they break the fast with the dates. So it's kind of, a, you know, the tradition that's coming from that thousands of years before. Amazing. And this, you know, before sunrise, does Kabai do that meal as well? 
Ah, uh, no, not really. Uh, because um, we have a bookings for like, you know, for pretty much we are fully booked out for every day. And it's really hard to accommodate before that. So we just opened for the fasting time, you know, once the fast is break. And um, that's it. And then we go from there. And tell me about Eid. So at the end of Ramadan, there's the, the feast of Eid. Can you tell me about that? Sure, sure. And I want, I want to tell you one more thing because we are not doing the suhoor. It's kind of a thing when, you know, when uh, they are doing the fasting in the morning. We are not doing that, but there are a lot of Pakistani restaurants and the Muslim restaurants are doing uh, that thing between from 2.30 a.m. until 5.30 a.m. every day. Right, so sahur is the pre-dawn meal. Yes, pre-dawn meal. Yes, that's right, that's right. We're not doing that, but there's a lot of other restaurants are doing at this moment. Okay, yeah, sure. So some people would perhaps go somewhere for sahur and then to, what's it called, the evening meal? No, no, we would just call sahur. Oh, okay, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, so would there be special food that people eat for that um, pre-dawn meal? They, yeah, no, it's not something special, but they try not to eat anything spicy because if they eat spicy, you know, with like a lot of spice stuff and salty, they're going to feel like, you know, thirsty all day. So they try to avoid. So they like to try to have uh, mostly like yogurt and, you know, the kind of stuff that can help them not to feel thirsty and hungry for the whole day. Yeah, good thinking. <laughs> That's, yeah, very logical. Um, and so at the end of Ramadan, there's this big feast of Eid. Tell me about that. And, and before the end of the Ramadan, it's like kind of the moon sighting. So, you know, even we are not sure when exactly that it's going to happen. There are like the two kind of sections, even in Australia, who follows the calendar, which tells like the scientifically, okay, this day, the moon's going to be, uh, the first Ramadan's going to start, and this is going to be the end of the Ramadan, and then that day is Eid. But there are few, like, you know, people who follow the moon. And they waited until, like, 29th of Ramadan, you know. And if the moon sighted, you know, we have, like, kind of a religious thing that we... I believe that, you know, once, uh, so every 14 days, the moon cycles, you know, gone on. And once the moon sighted, then we know that next day is Eid. So it's kind of excitement that, you know, we find out just a day before that tomorrow is Eid. Right. So there's the calendar, which is going to, you know, approximate it, but then you really need to look at the sky to be sure. Yes, the moon needs to be sighted. And there are few people need to be make sure they uh, give that, you know, kind of um, evidence that they saw the moon. And that's how they, you know, they announce that tomorrow is Eid or not. I love that. And then tell me about the, the about the actual celebrations. Oh, the actual celebration is, 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 is like massive, you know. Uh, once we walk up, um, uh, everyone's just, you know, get ready. And especially the, for this day, they have the new clothes. They go to the mosque, they pray, and then they greet each everyone. They came back home. And plus, you know, there's like always a traditional uh, kind of, uh, you know, we call sawenya. It's kind of um, the milk, uh, kind of, you know, milk and the, you can say the rice pudding and there's a few other items they made. They like sweet things in the morning and then they eat. And the end, of course, then later on the day, they go out, they celebrate, you know, they hang around. And then end of the day is always end up in a restaurant, any restaurant. That's what we do. For the dinner. And what's the feeling going to be like at Kabai? 
oh, it's it's massive, it's crazy. We are like, you know, we have to um, extend the hours just because of that day because there's so many bookings coming through and um, yeah, it's hardly to accommodate everyone. And I feel really bad that, you know, I have to apologize most of the people. But unfortunately, like me, I'm already fully booked out for three days of the Eid. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so it was crazy. Is there particular foods that you always serve for Eid? Uh, not really, not really. It's just mostly like traditional Pakistani food. They want to go out. It's mostly like it's with the food. They just want to, you know, they have the get together. And then they eat and talk a lot of picture. And I mean, this one must be particularly special, Zishan, because it's more or less unrestricted in terms of, you know, all the COVID ups and downs that we've been through. Does it have a very special flavor this year? Yes, 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 because um, like last year, everyone knows that because of the COVID, we was not able to go out, not the restaurants, not for the mo- not even the mosque for the prey. So it was really different. But this year, everyone is excited because, you know, we, you missed one year and now it's, it's kind of a, almost two years now, you know, you're going to have that feeling that you can literally go out, go to the restaurant, you know, you, you can dine in and you can, you know, meet with your friends and family and, you know. So Zishan, I'd love to learn a bit more about your background and about how you come to have the restaurant in Carlton. Can you give me the backstory? Yes, 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 yes. So I was working in the National Australian Bank um, as an events coordinator. So I was hired uh, from the Spotless Catering Company, if you know Spotless. They do that, you know, the catering in that, you know, hospitals and the minings and all that thing. So uh, I was working there with as a chef um, in like National Australian Bank, 700 Berg Street. So I worked there for almost five years. Um, and then, you know, it's always my, me and my brother's dreams. Like, you know, we have to own a restaurant because my brother, Usman, he's the main guy. You know what? Even I'm on over the phone, but he's the main guy. He's the one behind this whole story. And then, you know, what uh, we built in a short time. So the credit goes to him because his passion and that, you know, uh, his hard work is incredible. So, yeah, he was working in a hospitality for like eight to 10 years, pretty much like, you know, in a different sectors. But then he joined the Australian Army. Yeah, keep, that's, yeah, that's a twist in the tail. <laughs> no, go on. And then he was like, you know, okay, um, because he loves, uh, always loved to, uh, you know, that uh, the Army as well. But uh, he was confused what to do. So he said, okay, I'm not sure we have like, you know, enough resources to open a restaurant. So let's, you know, I'm going to start doing this uh, job in the army. And I was working there. He said, like, how about like, you know, we start a small restaurant. Let's see how it goes. If it works, you know, then uh, we can go from there. I said, okay, but it's going to be really hard because I have to resign from my work. And of course, there's going to be no income. So what are we going to do? He said, okay, that's all right. We have to try at least once in our life. So I literally resigned. I was just sitting like this. I still remember at, at, there was like 1 a.m. in the morning. I came back from my work and me and my brother were sitting there and I was like, okay, uh, we should do that. He was like, okay. So I resigned next day from my work. I went back to Pakistan for three weeks. I learned the whole menu that we have, you know, serving right now because it's really important that you should know what you're serving. It's really like, you know, a different experience if you hire the chef and they're working for you and then you're running a restaurant. But when I was in Pakistan learning all these things, it was not easy experience. It was really hard. It seems like easy for me for started when I was traveling. But then I find out, you know what, 
it's it's kind of it's really hard. Maybe we made a mistake. How are we gonna do that? So Uspan was here. He was looking around the restaurant. So he find a one spot in Redstone Street in Carlton. There was a small uh, restaurant. Uh, that's what we can afford at that time. So he said, that, "Okay, man, I got the restaurant, and now it's all up to you. How are you gonna do the rest?" So I started learning. I went to the different restaurants in Pakistan. I was working like 18 hours a day over there. Um, it was it's a crazy experience over there as well. And I was every night. I still remember. I was laying on the bed, and I was like, you know, it's too, it's so much responsibility on my shoulder. How am I gonna do that? You know, like uh, if how about if we fail? How about if it doesn't work? I don't have a job. How are we going to do that? So, but I was like, okay, let's give a try. You know, uh, we have to do that once in, once in our lifetime. So I came back. We started with a restaurant. And I don't know how, but in a week time, the response from the community was massive. We couldn't believe that what's happened in a week time. It's not normal in a hospitality business that, you know, in a first week, you're like fully booked out. And there's a long queue at, outside the restaurant. So me and brother was like, you know, okay, there's another problem. How are we gonna manage all this? Because, you know, we thought there's gonna be a few people coming. We're gonna, you know, <laughs> serve them. How are we gonna do that? So me and Usman, uh, we literally worked every day, 18 to 19 hours. And for nine months, we didn't have a one single day off. So we was working seven days a week. Every day we have a short staff because we couldn't afford a staff at that time. But slowly, slowly, gradually, when the business was growing, we find more people, we find a good team. Then the problem was that over there that the space was not enough that the kind of response we was getting. Because over there we hardly accommodate 60 people at that time. And every day I have to apologize 300 to 400 people just because I don't have a space. And we was like, you know, this is not normal. And uh, everyone was like, you know, passing around. They're like, are you guys giving a free food? And I said, trust me, we have no idea what's going on. But uh, it is how it is. Because what we did, what we realized, we uh, bring something here, which was not already, you know, people was not doing that before. Like the grilled items, we are freshly making the, like, you know, the grilled items. The people from Pakistan, they love grilled food, the barbecue. They love that. That was the idea. There was no one's doing that before here. And uh, there was one thing that, you know, we introduced. That was the Baramandi grilled charcoal fish. That was the hit. And um, no one, still even right now, no one is doing that same, the same thing that what we're doing right now here. So that was the reason. And um, that was, again, the twist happened. On 16th of March, 2020, um, I have to uh, go to Pakistan for five days because I was getting married at that time. It was a totally arranged marriage because I haven't been to Pakistan almost a year at that time. So my parents, you know, decide a bride for me and I have to travel. I know it's from the restaurant to my personal life. That was a bit of twist because of the restaurant. So, yes, we uh, plan to travel together, me and Usman, my brother, for five days. And it was really hard to see for us at that time to travel for five days uh, to Pakistan. And like, you know, because um, we thought like, how are we going to run the restaurant? At that time, we was not sure even if it's possible or not. 
And we said, well, okay, let's, you know, we are not able to close the restaurant, so we have to go. Let's see what I was, you know, just leave it on uh, like this. We'll come back and we'll see what I was left because uh, I have to go. And then Usman need to go as well. He haven't been to Pakistan three to four years at that time. So the day I was planning to fly, the COVID-19 was at the peak at that time, you know, everywhere. So there was so much you know, restrictions going on. And I still remember my flight was like at 10 p.m. from the Thai Airways. At 6 p.m., I was sitting outside my restaurant with my brother and I was thinking, okay, what should we do? Like, should I go to Pakistan? Should we go to Pakistan? How do the things going to work? And then Usman said that, like, you know, uh, it's really hard for me to go, like for Usman, because if we both go and stuck over there, how the business going to run? So, but you have to leave because you are getting married. I said, okay. So then, you know, I went to the airport and uh, as soon as, like, you know, I reached Pakistan, Australian shut the border and I was not able to come back. So I got stuck there for like, you know, for one year at that in Pakistan. I got stuck there and I was like literally begging to the Australian government, please, I have my restaurant. I need to come back. Please let me go. <laughs> you know, trust me, once I'm in the Australian borders, I won't come back. I need to go back to the, you know, my, and see my restaurant because it's like my baby, you know. We worked so hard to build that restaurant. And I feel so bad for Usman because of my one decision that I have to leave Australia at that time for five days. I got stuck for one year. And um, it, w- it was really, you know, I was so stressed out. I was like, you know, I was like, I don't know what to do. And it was really hard. I just somehow I just want to come back at that time because my life, my, you know, future, my, you know, the business, my everything was here. And just because of for five days, I travel at that time because that was unavoidable because my, you know, everyone think everything was ready at that time over there. And we didn't realize that, you know, I thought like maybe they close the border, maybe for 15, 20 days or one month. How the thing's going to happen? You know, no one imagined at that time the border was going to close for one and a half year. So I tried so many exemptions at that time that can I come back? And I was rejected all the time. Not enough, you know, evidence or like you can say. And I was like, you know, I'm paying taxes. I'm doing everything in my capacity. i uh, I don't know how to justify that this business needs me. Usman hired a you know, lawyer. We was applying like every, we tried everything. You just name it and we tried everything. It couldn't work. Zishan, are you, are you an Australian permanent resident? Yes, I am right now. Have you got an Australian passport? Uh, not yet, no. Okay, but yeah, permanent resident. And But also, you just got married. Like, how was that? What Did you like your wife? Yes, I love my wife. I love my wife. She was great. She's a doctor. So uh, we got married. And then the thing is, because I promised her that uh, because I was planning, because when I'm going to go and get married, and then because, of course, I have to apply her, the, you know, the paperwork and everything once I'm going to come back in five days. And uh, then, you know, I'll go back and then, you know, um, I bring her to the Australia. But because I got stuck there for like first initial months, uh, for like two to three months, even the permanent residence was not able to come back at that time. So I applied her all the documentation. Then I start waiting for her, you know, uh, the thing. Then what I did, you know, I start traveling. 
I said, okay, I'm going to live my life for a while because, you know, I'm not allowed to go back at that time because, you know, there was a, a time that I was allowed for one month at that time. But then the Australia, in Melbourne, there was another lockdown. We have almost five lockdowns, like you remember here. So it was like the crazy thing going on. So uh, then, you know, I got married after a few months. Then, you know, I traveled to the Maldives with my wife. For at least I stayed there one and a half months because I was so frustrated. I don't want to come back. I don't want to like go to the uh, Pakistan and I don't want to wait for more longer to come back to Australia. But that time there was another lockdown going on. So I said, how about I stay in the Maldives and once the borders open, maybe I'll go back to Australia. But that time the border was not open. And then because my wife's, I'm still waiting for that time for my wife, you know, um, the visa. So I have to wait there for like almost one year for everything. So in meanwhile, I travel a little bit like you know, in a few countries, but yeah. And I end up after one year back to Australia. Wow, that is, you just, you just can't even believe that something like that would happen. You know, from what we knew at the start of March 2020 to think that that would happen, you just, it's just so hard to get your head around. I'll just, you know, I'll just give you one example. So when I was planning to travel to Pakistan for five days, what I was doing is at that time, because I was looking for a kind of any flight that can allow me eight to 10 hours extra. So, you know, I can find a good, like, flight, you know, so I don't have a less stopover, so I can spend more time in Pakistan. So the time was that, you know, precious for me at that time. Like, you know, <laughs> I was literally begging for that, too. I can stay at least a few hours extra in Pakistan and, and end up, you know, <laughs> I got one year. Yep, you, you got your extra time. <laughs> yeah, I got my extra time, but Usman, on the other hand, he got stuck here. Before I leave to, you know, I went to Pakistan, we always have a dream and we was planning to move to a bigger location because at that little time, and like I said that earlier, because the restaurant was not big enough and that kind of response we was getting, we need a bigger space. And during the lockdown, the business was really bad. Everything was, everyone was suffering at that time like us. So I thought, what should we do? So Usman starts searching for our restaurants, you know, and we find a really good restaurant in Ligon Street, um, opposite the Universal Restaurant. And um, that was empty at that time. And Usman uh, contacted the agent and they decided, okay, yeah, it's good. you can have it. So, but the, another challenge was to build that restaurant because that restaurant yeah, that we're here right now, it was like in a really bad shape. So during the COVID, Usman is by himself. He's running that restaurant. Uh, over there and he need to build another restaurant at the same time that was really really hard for him I know that so every day I spoke to him for an hours over the phone he told me okay right now we're doing this how we do that um, he showed me that you know the architects he showed me the layout and we planned over the phone for hours and hours and my wife like what you do you talk to your brother like for like few hours how can you do that you know what you guys talk over the phone and she was like new she couldn't understand the, the importance for this business and that you know kind of for me in my life but right now of course she knows everything but that time she was like you know like you guys talk because it was for her the hospitality was like you know kind of something she have no idea 
And I still remember she was sitting next to me and I'm with Usman and I was like, how about if we put that equipment over there? It's easier for us, you know, the food's going to stay warm. And how about if we can move that, you know, the, every, the fridge is there and everything. We, I still remember. And Usman, you know, uh, is over the like video call. He showed me everything, like every single thing. And before he even came back to Australia, I remember every inch of this place that where what is the layout where the equipment is how the things look like how about the entrance the color everything so i knew that before even i you know i was back to australia wow it must have been amazing to walk in there and it was real all in 3d oh oh you have no idea i still remember so i find out that i can travel with my wife at 7 a.m in the morning and i was in turkey at that time that's another story like you know so 7 a.m i got a call from my agent that you know my wife got a visa so she can travel with you as well i said wow that's great and i was in turkey at that time for last three months i literally had a house in turkey i was staying there for three months and i was like because i left pakistan i was like okay i'm gonna uh, go to the turkey until uh, you know my wife got a visa and we are able to travel back to um Australia. So I was waiting for her visa, 7 a.m. in the morning, like in Turkey, 7 a.m. Of course, it was here like already 1 a.m. or 1 p.m. or something like that. So he told me that, you know, congratulations, your wife got the visa and she can travel now and there's no restrictions on any of you guys. I said, wow, that's great. So I literally got up. 10 o'clock, I had my PCR test and almost like 2 p.m. I was in the flight. And next 24 hours, I was in Australia. So like, no, I'm not going to leave this chair. And I know that I left everything, whatever I bought and everything in that house. I said, I don't care. It doesn't matter for me. I'm going to leave it like this. I just called the agent over there. It doesn't matter. You can keep the bond. You can keep everything. Everything is yours. I'm leaving now. I need to go back. So I left everything, whatever I, you know, built that in three months over there. And I run to, you know, back to Australia. Wow. This is a really, really amazing pandemic odyssey that you've had, Sishan. What is, what a story. Um, so you've, yeah, you were back. Kabai opened in Ligon Street. I mean, what does it feel like in 2022? Business is, I guess, booming. Uh, what's it feel like? Oh, it's it feels great, but it was another like this, I can give you like you know one more thing. So when I arrived back to, in Australia, I had to quarantine for three days. So and unfortunately, I chose a rest uh, hotel just pretty much close to my restaurant for the quarantine, and it was really hard for me not to go and see my restaurant for three days. I can see that from my balcony, but I was not able to see that you know. I was staying into the Swanson Central apartments and I can see that from a balcony, my restaurant, my, like, you know, the signboard Kabe restaurant. But I was not able to come to the restaurant for three days because I have to quarantine for 72 hours. <laughs> the torture. Oh, I don't want to even, you know, remember right now that I was the, you know, the feeling was really bad at that time. But yeah, and I end up after three days, I was able to uh, enter. When I enter, I can see a lot of familiar faces and there were so many new faces and they don't know me at that time. And um, I still remember I entered the restaurant and like the normal, you know, there was a one table need to be cleared. I got the plate, I went to the kitchen 
and the kitchen hand, the guy who was washing the dishes, he asked my brother, is he the new guy that you hired? And he was like, no, he's my brother. So, <laughs> it was a what a welcome. Yeah, yeah. But of course, he knew me at that time. But I still remember that. He was still, you know, works here. He's a really great guy and I love him. But I was like, you know, I still remember at, at you know, <laughs> I was like, you don't remember me from when I entered. But how would I, like, you know, how would I know who? But yeah, it was good. It was uh, good to you know once i was back and um, it was crazy busy since i came back because after the pandemic the people literally you know they can you know they can go out they can dine in and um, it's great it's great uh, the business is great and now we need a bigger space wow it's uh yeah what a story um zishan i'm so grateful to you for telling us about this special time in the muslim calendar but especially for sharing your incredible story uh what an amazing past couple of years you've had and it sounds like kabai is just going to go from strength to strength i'm sure the next couple of years will be just as incredible but hopefully a little bit less dramatic and stressful um but Thank you, thank you so much for chatting to us on Dirty Linen today. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you so much. It was really great to talk to you guys. <laughs> it was an absolute pleasure. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This is-